Big Ten Can is the world's leading sales learning and enablement platform that delivers the onboarding and training, preparation, coaching, customer engagement, and follow-up and insights that modern businesses need to win. Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why and how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for lending me those wonderful years. And if you're watching this on video, which you should also be doing, thank you for the eyeballs. Today, we're going to talk money. More specifically, we're going to talk proposal with Mr. Smart Pricing Table himself, Joe R.D., sir. Did I get that right, Joe? You did, Victor. He nailed it. Joe, let these folks know who you are. Give, give, me your, give us your 30-second to one-minute spiel about who you are, and let's talk about your company a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'm a former agency owner. I started an agency uh, back in 2008 and scaled it from myself to about 10 employees. Never planned on doing that, uh, but got mm-hmm. a great education doing so. And uh, a few years ago, I ended up selling my agency. Um, and I started um, Smart Pricing Table, which was some proposal software that we we wrote for our own agency, which is, I think is a great model. Build something that works for you and then take it to others. So that's kind of my quick background. I love it. Hey, Joe, what is your definition? I've heard people use the word agency in, in several different ways. What's your definition of agency? Yeah, well, I, I think it, I tend to think of it in terms of a marketing context. So we, you know, we were a marketing agency, a digital agency. Um, you know, people come to us to help with their marketing tools, website, um, SEO, um, AdWords, that kind of stuff. That's my main context. Oh, I love that, by the way. I, uh, before we get into, by the way, folks, check out smartpricingtable.com so you can see what Joe's talking about. Uh, he's got a demo video on there. He's also got a demo, a live demo on this. So you can actually see it. Was that was that demo on your website based on your agency, your marketing, digital marketing agency? Yeah, we some of that kind of carried over from the old days. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really big into going into detail. And so if you saw that sample proposal on our website, lots of detail, really described to the prospect what they're going to get. Yeah. What, what I liked about the software when I looked at it uh, is that it's clean. I love clean looks. You know what I mean? It's simple to go through. And that if I was actually going through that, I would actually enjoy it. It was actually, can I say that, Joe, that your proposal software was actually enjoyable? Is that like wrong to say? Hey, that's my goal, uh, Victor. So you, I've accomplished that, hopefully. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in sim- simplicity, right? There's lots of software out there. Um, and that's one of our high points is, you know, prospect can see it. They can in- interact without a lot of help. Um, and they can get going. Yeah. So you put you put this together because you had a digital marketing agency, right? Right. Uh, what, I'm sure it's, it's like websites, you know, build website, blogs, search engine optimization, search engine marketing, all the wonderful things to get your, your, your business out there. And so as you were doing this, you know, how did the thought of this smart pricing proposal software come about? Like what were, what were some of the difficulties you were seeing in putting together a proposal? You go say, you know, we need, there's something, we need something in the market. Right. Yeah, I, well, I was using some software. So originally I started using, you know, I was just using Google Docs, which is just a total headache, right? You, you see a spelling <laughs> error, uh, crud. Hey, you've already yeah, passed yeah, into yeah. the email. Got to go back, ch- fix the spelling error, export it as a PDF, delete the first version, up, re-upload it. Oh, crud. I just uploaded the same version one, the spelling error, right? And so that, that drove me many moons ago to try some, um, proposal software, one of the big box suppliers and, I, it worked really well. I think I used it for like four years. Um, but the challenge was 
um, I, I wanted to have a really comprehensive pricing table or scope of work table so that we weren't starting from scratch every single time. And when I would load my master template, it took about 45 seconds to create a new proposal based on it. And Victor, I'm a sales guy. Like, mm. I got stuff to do. And the last thing on my list is staring at my screen waiting for some software to load. Um, and so we originally set out, you know, we're not going to create this whole proposal software setup. Let's just create a pricing or a scope of work table. And then we'll export that, put it into our bids. Um, but one thing led to another. And before we knew it, we had a fully functioning uh, product. It was just internal only. Um, but it, to this day, goes really quick. That speed of the creation of adding new line items, of you know, just using the app, it's been a, the real um, you know, North Star for me to go quick um, because of my need. <laughs> you, yeah, you know, you remind you remind me of the story. I think I think it's Slack. Like Slack wasn't the original product. They had they were building some other product, then they internally built this thing called, now called Slack right. to communicate within the company. And that right. you know, after the first thing bombed, they're like, well, what about this thing we we developed on the side? And that's almost a consequence, kind of a derivative. What is when you look at what's happening in the market today? Like, what? Why would I want to use besides the fact that I'm probably using cheesy software or maybe Google Docs? What is what are the holes, the problems in the market that you saw that said, you know what, I think I can make a business of it because these are the type of people that will need this product? Well, every business has to pick its niche, right? Or it should. You, you have to know your customer. And for me, you know, there's a lot of, you know, Joe, there's lots of proposal software. Why are you doing this? It sounds like a suicide mission. Well, it is if everyone is my market and everything is my market. But for, uh, you know, the, the, the driver is in the name, smart pricing table. Uh, and so where I really hit hard on is the interactive interactivity of proposal software. With, with our software, you know, you can have lo- optional line items. Um, you can have, um, what I call line item upsells. So I'll give you an example of this, Victor. Um, let's say I'm pitching you on a new website and I've got a line item for a blog and it's say a thousand dollars. Well, with Smart Pricing Table, you can actually include upsells on the line item level. And I could say things like, hey, Victor, would you also like to integrate MailChimp into your blog? Hey, that's 250. And what about author bio pages? That's 400. And all of a sudden, you have more than just this proposal, but you also have like a brochure and an educational tool. And people start clicking and turning things on that you didn't even know that they were interested in. and so back to interactivity, we also have um, uh, quantities. We have um, different types of line items, like you can have free or um, you can have task-based, which is like, a uh, you know, you enter your uh, tasks into the system and it can calculate stuff automatically for you. Um, but the, the idea is cut down on the back and forth by presenting more to the customer and empower them by allowing them to adjust the scope and, and affect the price to some degree. And that, that's the mark I'm really after. Let, let me, I, I want to give people a visual. If they're, if they're listening to this or watching this, but they haven't seen your software, which I think is so, again, it's, it's simple, cool. That's what I like about software, is that I can send you a proposal, right? right. And you, you hit one of my favorite topics, which is upselling. 
Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. Uh, and that is, you can add things on there, all these different line items, and you can add and subtract as you're going through the proposal, as you say, turning them on or off. Right. So this creates almost like an engaging conversation about the pricing proposal with the client. Right. Yeah. That, Absolutely. This, this, by the way, I'm, I'm hitting the point extra hard because I, I think that's pretty cool that instead of me just mailing you a PDF file said, what do you think? Uh, the pricing, and then I got to come back and maybe scratch things off. We can actually pull it up and look at it together and turn things on or off by just hitting on and off buttons. Yeah, and and it really, it, it's such an enjoyable experience. Um, can I tell you a fun story? Um, I, I once had a, th- this is kind of where the interactivity comes with a punch. I once had a prospect call me and say, hey, we'd like a proposal. So they asked for the proposal. Um, and by the way, we can't meet with you. That's a great prospect, okay. right? And 25K is our, is our minimum. At that time, my agency, you know, we, we were really high end and that was on the lower side of things, but we needed the work. And so, you know, just thought through it some more, uh, put together a proposal and probably spent no more than 10 minutes, Victor, because this gets back, this gets back to time. I don't have time to spend an hour on a proposal that I don't even get to present. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. But I have 10 minutes. And so we put, put it together, deselected a bunch of stuff. And, and I broke the cardinal rule of mine, which is throwing a proposal over the fence. Okay. Two weeks goes by, don't hear anything from the prospect until finally we get a signature request for $34,000. Nice. And what had happened is they had simply interacted with a proposal by themselves. They had this online interactive proposal. They turned things on and off. And magically, Victor, I don't know how this happened, but nine grand magically appeared. I love, I, I love it. Nine extra grand. I'll take that. This is what's, you know, I, I'm going to scold you, Joe, in a good way. Sure. I think you're missing out by not really pushing the interactivity piece Yeah, the smart pricing table. That interactivity piece was the aha moment for me. I said, okay, yeah. that's why this is different. And I want people to kind of see it or visually see it in their head is that, Again, what you just said is you just gave them a proposal and then they can sit there and turn on and off line items right. that have been preloaded in the proposal. Right. And what, what I love about that, and I wanted to ask you about this, because what I love about that is they can share that, right? They can have a discussion amongst their groups to start turning things on and off. Yeah, I'll take that. No, I don't want that. Turn that off. You know, little buttons turning on and off. Uh, can you track in that software, you know, how many people have viewed it, how often they viewed it? Was it shared? Stuff like that. Yeah, and that, I think that's the power of the interactivity as well. Um, every software is going to do analytics differently. Um, with our software, um, so the things that are tracked, um, whether um, our, our line items can open and close, which allow you to go into detail without overwhelming your prospect. Let's say, again, again back to that blog line item, uh, Victor, you could you just see it there. It would say a price, and you can click on it, get lots of details. Well, on the admin side, if someone opens a line item, it's locked. So you know, you know, not only that they're looking at your scope of work, but they you know exactly what they've opened, which is very helpful as a salesperson. Um, you can see if they turn things on or off, um, including you know optional line items or line item upsells. You can see if they change quantities. You can track what other pages they've looked at. You can because it's more than scope of work. You can have about us, your terms, a cover page, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, it, it breaks it down, shows you really so much of the engagement that's happening with the proposal and how they're looking at it and interfacing with. 
Yeah, I, I like to. I love the software, the whole concept. I like I said the interactivity piece, the engagement piece, the I guess the self pricing where you're doing it on your own. I don't need you. I'll just kind of sit there and turn things on and off. Right. What have you found any interesting stuff within the data? Like, you know, say, you know, Victor, every time we add this many items, we see this happen. Or every time we do that, you know, I, we, we see, look at proposal analytics, we see this. Do you have any cool insights? That's a, that's a good question. Um, I don't know that we've, we've looked terribly close into that. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things, one, so this isn't database, but it's an in- interesting surprise that I found. Um, in my agency, we discovered that uh, as if we went into detail and we provided like transparency with prices and uh, spelled things out, um, that there's actually a certain amount of people that were turned off by that. I'd say about three or four percent. Um, and the reason why is some pe- some companies, I don't agree with this, they want they. They don't like you know, it's this price. It, it's basically like, I'd rather have you tell me I'm going to make a website for $30,000 and I can just do whatever I want. And we don't really know when the project's done. Um, so that, mm. that was kind of an interesting thing that, you know, the format, uh, there's a, there's a small sector that don't like it. And for me, that was really helpful because it's like that you told me what I needed to know. We wouldn't be a good fit. Um, but as far as the data that, you know, I, I think I'm going to, you know, probably crunch a little bit more on that, Victor. I don't have any big like insights from looking at, um, you know, on, on yeah, the... That'll be ca- yeah, I, I, I just think it would be kind of cool. Like I was talking to, oh, what was the company's name? Uh, they do demos, right? They demo software. And they can actually measure, you know, how, you know, if it's been passed around, how many people passed it around, how many people viewed it, how long they viewed it. Right. And they had some interesting insights from the analytics. Yeah. And so what's cool about it is that data down the road is going to be very valuable. I, I think it, I think looking for certain patterns can be super helpful. So, um, for instance, if someone, uh, did a bunch of interactions, goes completely quiet and they come back two weeks later, what does that mean? What, what's the, you know, what's their level of interest? And um, one thing I should know is, uh, we also send notifications. So if someone opens up your proposal, you get it. And then that kind of gets wind of, Hey, there's an activity, track it, see what's going on. Um, I would say, you know, it, it's, it's really telling if someone is looking at your scope of work and they're actually going through each individual line item and they're reading it, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to put yourself in your prospect's shoes. A lot of times when you're sending out a bid, they're getting four, five, ten different proposals and right. some of them go straight in the trash. And so to see that engagement into, you know, because people care about price, they care about the actual work. That's, you know, I can look at boilerplate terms some mm-hmm. other time, right? But what are you actually, what's your actual offering? You know, to be able to see mm-hmm. how they're interacting, interacting with that, I think that gives a real clue into their level of interest. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's, I think it's just a fascinating concept. Like I never really thought about it to like, you know, your company came across my table. Right. And I go, oh, this is interesting having this whole interactive pricing. Cause I'm thinking, okay, we send a proposal, right? And they look at the proposal, they're turning things on and off. That level of engagement's gonna, even the level of engagement tells me that they're looking at it as opposed to not knowing, you know, shooting stuff into the void. Right. You know, you send a proposal. So I think that's pretty cool. Have you found that, you know, when you fully look, let's say you, let's go back to your digital marketing agency, right? 
I came to you. I want a certain level of service. Want the whole, you know, the you know everything. Uh, what have you found in terms of price or any insights on pricing on your using the the software in terms of presenting a fully loaded option? Like, boom, here it is. Right then, you can turn things on and off. Right. Or is there a possibility of maybe doing option one, option two, option three? Yeah. You know, good, better, best type of thing. Yeah. Well, this, the software is very versatile and I, I encourage that kind of, that kind of use of it. Um, and one of the things, one of the things I'm really adamant about, I'm kind of an evangelist about this kind of thing, um, is building your system. Most of the time when people are creating proposals, they're thinking in a one-off mentality. Um, but it's, it's that whole, you know, uh, working in your business versus working on your business. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, We've built a lot into the software so that you can create templates and proposals very quickly. Um, and you could send, uh, two different versions of a proposal, uh, to a, a particular customer. Now, that's a lot farther if you're never working on your business, right? Like asking big questions like, what do we sell? Uh, what packages do we actually want to present? What packages do we actually make money? Right. Um, and so. Uh, I definitely, I definitely can see a lot of value in, um, presenting ABC, um, or simply, um, in, including this whole gamut of things, um, with optionality to turn it down. What, one of my favorite, um, uh, tactics, Victor was actually, I, we would include, um, you know, our websites were 30, 40, $50,000 websites, right? We'd include a section called additional items for your consideration. And mm-hmm. if I leave that out, that's to my own detriment. Um, because yeah. we build it with that kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe, maybe there was something that in a sales it. call we kind of talked about, but didn't really get a, get our hands dirty with, or maybe I haven't something that I sold to someone else in a similar business, um, that I think would match for them. Just putting two or three uh, line items under the header of additional items to consider was really, really huge. And for me personally, I saw, you know, I, I, I would guess, you know, when we really got serious, building a system, putting together proposals with optionality and control, um, I think we, we saw probably about a 20 to 25% increase in our average project price. Um, nice. That's not because another thing, Victor is like, let me give you another example. Let's say that you want a, What's something complicated on on a website? Let's say you want um, a a way for your listeners to be able to log in and view all your podcasts and um and maybe even um a forum to interact with each other. Right now, as a business owner or an agency owner, if I've never thought about that, I'm going to panic mode. Like mm-hmm. what what that sounds complicated, you know, Victor. We mostly do right. marketing sites, right? But if I turn it a little bit and I think every time a prospect tells me they want something, if I look at that as an opportunity to build a reusable line item where I flush out what's included, what's excluded, what are some upsells, then all of a sudden, I'm not thinking about just you, Victor, but I'm working on my business. And if I save that for reuse, then all of a sudden, the next time I uh, talk to someone who wants something similar. It doesn't take me an hour to scope it out. It takes me a couple of minutes or 
it's sorry, take me literally seconds to throw it on there. And guess what? There's even upsells. Um, and so I, I really encourage people, no, no matter what platform you're using, you know, really pause, slow down to speed up and get your things in gear. And proposal writing is a lot more fun. No, I'm, I'm with you, by the way. I, I like the Michael Gerber philosophy. Never work in your business, work on your business, right? right. And I, I love the fact that the, there, there's a psychological term about mere exposure, just because either you mentioned it or I see it as a line out of additional things you want to consider. Because sometimes you did say it, you did mention it, right? Right, And you probably thought it was a throwaway phrase or something that you mentioned, but the customer goes, hmm, and just left it there. And then when they see it on the proposal, they're like, oh, that's what he mentioned. Right. That's how much it costs. And sometimes people are afraid to ask you these things because they don't want to be sold. Right. And to see it as an additional line item, it's almost like a menu option, right? It's just like, oh. Yeah, maybe I'll add that. I remember he mentioned that. I love the fact that you use, again, what other people are buying or what they bought in the past as additional items. That's kind of social proof there. Right. Here's what other companies are buying. So, and the fact that you're seeing that type of increase, 20% is pretty, I mean, that, that's real money right there, I think. Right. And then I was going to ask you, you know, and this is a tough one. I was putting you on the spot here. You know, when you look at how you used to do it with Google Docs, and then all of a sudden, now you're like, you know, you have your software, the smart pricing table software. You know, have you seen like, what's the conversion rate in terms of close rate? Do you see more deals close? You talked about the average deal size could be 20% higher, but have you seen like conversion rates go up? Yeah, it, I have, it's all an- anecdotal. I don't have statistics on that. I can tell you, sure. I am a freaking believer, right? I, okay. it, it just, <laughs> we, and, and it was also, it was also effort, right? If, if you can put together a proposal, in five to 15 minutes instead of an hour, you can get exposure to things that you wouldn't have previously because you just didn't have time. Um, I know, I know, I can't tell you how many comments we had about, you know, I love that, you know, we can change our proposal. We can, um, we can edit it. Um, we can, uh, we can interact. We can get it down to one of the, you know, one of the really helpful things is let, let's say that you're, um, second in charge, Victor, but you've got to get it new website approved or new whatever approved by your superior. And maybe you've gotten a $16,000 budget. Well, all these other proposals are static. And maybe there's only, there's one under 16,000, but the other ones aren't. And then there's this interactive one where it's actually at 18.5, but you clicked on a couple different things and you got it down to 15.5. And now it's the lowest one. And you had the blessing of not having to reach out to the agency like you did with all the other ones. That right there. That, I mean, that right there, you know, uh, rewind it. If you need to listen or watch that again, that right there to me is magic. You know what I mean? Because it's dynamic and also you're handing over control to the client. I think that's magic. Right yeah. There, yeah. And, and I mean, does that affect your close rate? You better freaking believe it. Right. I, I had, I had a customer say, I wish we had this three weeks ago. We just lost this city deal. I deal with the city because over $300 because yeah. you got to understand your prospect is every, every interaction with you times five times 10, they don't have time to go back and forth or they may not have the willpower. And so the one that tends to win is just the apple that got closest to what they wanted. Um, right. So I think, but by the way, the, the back and forth also, I mean, that's, that's a powerful thing, right? Cause the back and forth is one thing. Nobody wants to do that. Right. Uh, you, you brought up a very subtle point, which I think is really good. And that is sometimes, especially when you deal with like government agencies, right? Right. When they got a budget, they got a budget and that's it. 
the budget's not moving. And they're not going to go back and forth. And so the winner's going to be the person whose proposal you can actually interact with and just knock it down right underneath yeah. that. Yeah. Because they don't want to go back and get additional signatures. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's totally true of government contracts. I mean, if you, you think you can get some crickets in, in private business, start doing government contracting. And you don't even, you don't even know if they opened the darn thing, if they got it. Um, let alone, will they actually sit down I've been there. conversation? Joe, I've been there, man. I've I, sold the government. It's just like, yeah. it's, it's, it's one of the worst sales jobs they have, but yeah. it's one of the greatest sales jobs they have if you get the deal. Right. Right. Cause that's a perpetual contract, right? That, that's exciting. Right. Uh, yeah, the interactive part is just amazing. Uh, I wanted to, you know, the, um, I had a guy by the name of Mac Dixon on the podcast about, I don't know, about two months ago. Matt Dixon wrote a book called The Jolt Effect. And, uh, um, it's a roundabout way to asking you a question. In there, he analyzed data and he found that downselling, downselling was actually a very powerful technique. Downselling in this case, you tell me your budget's 20,000, right? Then I come in with a proposal at 16, right? But in your case, I would think because you have additional items, they can now add that salespeople who downsold did two things. One is they built credibility with the customer because you didn't try to oversell me. You actually came in under budget, but now because of your software, you give me the options to add items. Do you want to put a, 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 some comment on that, some twist on that? Because I thought it was fascinating data. Yeah, well, I think it builds. Tr I think it builds trust. I mean, if if I, I used to tell people, like, I don't care if we do a ten thousand dollar project or a hundred thousand dollar project, because I know if you select or deselect something, it's going to add or remove scope, right? It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you select because we've thought through our line items and we know we're charging the right amount because we've broken it down. We're not just saying 50 grand for a website. We've broken it down. We analyze it. We know we, we, we revisit our prices. And so I don't care what you select. And that's a, that builds a huge amount of trust. I think, I think in addition, big advocate of providing a decent level of detail for each of your line items. Don't overdo mm -hmm. it, but don't underdo it. Um, and I think that builds trust as well. Um, when it comes, like when it comes to, to money, you know, people often say, this is my budget. Where did you get that? I don't know. What, where, where did your boss get that? I don't know. It's, they're a lot like timelines, right? <clears throat> it's like, we need this done in two months and then you break your bum doing it. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. we're not going to the conference. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, what, what, what? After all that time, we used to, we used to analyze how much time it would take to put a proposal together. Uh, I work with one company in the, um, the pool industry, for example, you know, swimming, pool, swimming pools. Yeah. And on average, it takes about two to three hours to put a proposal together, yeah. which is why they're always like, you know, really qualifying hard to see if these people are actually serious. So, because again, sometimes it just takes too much time. I, I wanted to ask you if I could pivot just a little bit. The, cause I want to talk about the, we talked about the interactivity of the software, right? The pricing software, how you can work it on your own. But I, I want to, I want to bring it over to like presentations. So now you have to do a presentation, right? Right. And you're there live and you bet you got to get to the pricing piece, right? Right. Talk to me about what you've seen and about with the presentation, your, your smart pricing table software and how that's helped or what impact does it have during a live presentation? Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, one thing that comes to mind is I always, almost always require a proposal meeting, uh, so that I can review my proposal with my prospect. This is just a quick little tidbit. Um, 
I'm sure a lot of your visitors even maybe use this. They think about this. Um, if your proposal's not, or your uh, prospect's not willing to schedule a proposal review meeting, how much do they care about your time? Um, mm. So I, I'm willing to put in, you know, on my side, it's, I'm going to get this down to 10 minutes if I can. I'll put that time in, but I want that meeting. And with, uh, try, try doing a presentation of a proposal that's in a PDF form. Yeah, you want work. you want to get people to sleep, you know, scroll through a document, hypnotize them, knock them out. Great. It's very, very hard to do that when it's interactive. You know, when you know, I, I would a lot of times we'd go through the biographical stuff. Here's our team. Um, here's, uh, you know, maybe a few terms that we'll mention. But when it's interactive, I can actually bring the proposal into my presentation. Yeah. And, and be, again, the ex- expandable, collapsible line items allows me to talk high level. So they're kind of reviewing, oh, you're including uh, this line item. Oh, and that line item. Oh, and I see that one. That's not turned on. It's optional. I can interact with that. Okay, great. And then I open one and I zoom in um, and then I click on it because they say they want it and they see the price update. Um, you just need a, a little bit of that kind of uh, you know, excitement to really keep the engagement going well. And so I think, I think that's, uh, if you're, if you're presenting the proposal as in your actual meeting, I think having it be interactive is a great way to stimulate conversation and to keep your prospect engaged. I, you know, it, it's almost like, a, you know, um, what I love about the turning things on and off or using the, the pull down menus to see all the items underneath, you know, the, the main category, it's almost like a pattern interrupt. You know, when you're doing like a presentation, I would say you got you to switch it, right? So I, you, you're watching me, then I switch to the proposal, and now we're interacting with it. Right. It's a totally different dynamic right. than just presenting pricing. Yeah. And then you don't have to come back. You know, there's always that one person that's going to say, yeah, well, we don't, want, we don't want that. We wouldn't want that. We wouldn't want that. So now you got to go back and redo it, the whole, you know, and then resend the PDF. And there's, there's a certain momentum that's lost. Yeah. That's why I was asking earlier about the close rate, or at least the advancement rate. I got to believe it's much higher when you can work pricing in the room right. yeah. with the actual client. Yeah, remove friction wherever possible. And if you can that give well them, I mean, how many times have you been talking to a contractor, working on your house or some, or, you know, or some kind of vendor? You know, I really would love to know the price. How, how much of a distinction is it? If you can get the price right in the meeting. Or even, you know, line items can be added to our software so quickly that you could be in a meeting and say, oh, you want to have, you want to do business cards, Victor, I'd be happy to, you know, th- uh, throw that on. Type it in real quick, add it, done. Oh, did you want us to print it too? Okay, I'll turn that on for you. That is absolutely massive because the other five vendors are still, still like impending. Hey, okay, we've got your changes. You know, we'll have them back and, and back to, all that kind no. of stuff, right? Um, uh, I love it, Matt. I, I think people should check out the software. So anyway, Joe, give these folks a little bit of information where they can find out more information about you, your software, which I highly recommend they look at. Give them some information. Yeah, well, besides like LinkedIn, um, which I love engaging on LinkedIn, you can find me at smartpricingtable.com. Uh, and it, if you're a business and you write proposals and let's say that process is a bit painful, um, I would encourage you to do a free trial of our software. It's 30-day free trial. Um, if you mention this podcast, um, I'll actually give you an additional 50% off your first two months and after a free trial. So lots of time to, you know, in, interact with the system. Um, and then I also, I love proposal writing. I love sales. 
but this is my main thing. And um, I also do consulting. So if you're just wanting to think through your process, maybe you you know, you think of proposals and it makes you want to crawl in a hole. I'm um, mm-hmm. happy to engage with that as well. And you can learn more about all that at smartpricingtable.com. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I mean, I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about the proposal process step in the actual sales process and really thinking that through. We just take it for granted, default, just put the proposal together, right? Yeah. Have you worked with companies? Well, of course you have. When you work with company on the proposal process, you know, what have you found? Yeah, I think uh, there a lot of times there's some very obvious things that are missing. Um, you know, if you don't have any biographical information about your company, you kind of look anonymous, right? Um, I find mm-hmm. another common thing I find in consulting is not putting a fence around your work. I mean, I could talk about that for hours, Victor. I mean, what do, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Well, a lot of people, a good example of this is, let's say business cards. I'm going to print you business card, give you business cards and also do some letterhead for you. And, uh, and I'm going to say a thousand bucks. And you're like, great, mm-hmm. Joe, thanks. This sounds awesome. I have signed myself up for a miserable time. Victor, if mm-hmm. I send you that and you agree to it, one of three things is going to happen. One, um, I'm going to get very lucky and it just ends up being okay. And I made a decent wage, right? Um, the, the second thing is that could happen is it's going to go terrible because I haven't defined my scope. Um, I haven't said, you know, uh, who's printing? Who's taking care of printing? Maybe the customer assumes that if I'm giving business cards, I'm also going to print them. What's the mm-hmm. quality? How many revisions do I get? Um, what's the turnaround time? When you don't clear and clarify anything like that, you're signing yourself up for pain. I mean, so the second thing is it, you, the second option is you could, um, end up, you know, you have to arbitrarily just be a jerk and say the project's done because I said it is, Victor. Mm-hmm. Um, or you have to do what I would always do when I didn't define the scope. And I would take that and I'd absorb that. You have to basically say, I didn't define the scope. And so I have to just finish this project for my client because that's my fault. And if I make minimum wage, then I'm just going to learn this lesson even better. And so that that's the big idea there is put a fence around your work. What is included and what's excluded from this particular work? Man, Joe, that's, I learned that. I learned that painful lesson many years ago when I didn't scope my work or put a fence around it. And the customer says, well, I thought it included that. And I'm like, no. And then just, there's this antagonism, obviously, between you and the client. And that's never a win-win. So, so I love that. The, as we close out, common mistakes companies make with their proposal. Just give me a quick hit list of things they're doing wrong that they, that might be causing them to lose some deals. Yeah, I've got it. I'll, I'll rock it through a few bullet points I wrote down here. Um, being vague with your included works. So I just covered that. Um, not building on past proposals. So, um, you get momentum, but you also make proposals or, or you, you make line items better when you're building on them. You're, you're including new limitations based on a project that went bad. Um, another one would be, um, not asking for a meeting before agreeing to a proposal. We discussed that. Um, not giving customers options. Um, not listening to the customer and pitching them something they didn't ask for. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a big one. Um, not including limitations, just touched on that. I'm not using failures to improve the system. I love, it's hard to fail, but I love it because of what it does. If mm-hmm. I sell you a business card for a thousand dollars and I get paid seven dollars an hour, I'm not going to do that again. 
Um, if I don't fail and it just magically works out, I'm not going to learn my lesson nearly as well. Um, and then the last one I've, I've written down here is bad uh, payment setups. Uh, 30 seconds on this really quick. I love this. Oh, you're done. Instead of 50% down and 50% on completion, uh, this is a shout out to Jason Swank, uh, agency uh, guy, uh, taught me this many years ago. He said, the idea is do I do I we did quarter I did quarterly payments and that were milestone based and had a day clause on it. So project start 25% go. Uh, then after this next milestone is complete, um, or 25 days, and then it's an additional 25%. Then mile milestone three, and then or 65 days. And then finally, um my, the project completion. Um, and, uh, or 120 days. What's so helpful about this is when you structure your payments like that, if your client drags their feet, you still pay. And I can tell you, I've had customers pay a hundred percent for projects that were less than 20%. And so, but again, that, that's, that all comes down to us as business owners. If I don't define my terms, my business is going to run me. Um, and so that's payment mistakes is a common issue that people, I have pain with. Man, let's end on that one. That, that's a good one, by the way. You know, again, something you don't think about, right? As far as, you know, timetables and payment schedules. So I love that. All right. On that note, I'm wrapping this thing up. Check out Joe R.D. on LinkedIn. Check out this uh, website, smartpricingtable.com. Look him up, connect with him, take advantage of the trial. Look at the software demo on his website. It'll be worth your time and effort. And after you do that, check out the Sales Velocity Academy. We just added some new courses. And as always, this is Victor Antonio with my friend Joe, reminding you that selling ain't hard when you know how to price it with the right software and you know how. Take care. Big Tin Can is the world's leading sales learning and enablement platform that delivers the onboarding and training, preparation, coaching, customer engagement, and follow-up and insights that modern businesses need to win. 